0: Welcome back to the Academy of Tomorrow podcast. As promised, here's part two of episode four. Make sure to stay tuned as we bring you the rest of our awesome discussion about feedback.
1: Okay, so when we were talking about the asking the right questions or things like that, do Mm -hmm. you think it works best if we have some sort of parallel relationship? As in, I've been with the company for about six months compared to, to someone who just got in. And I've already built that rapport to you compared to the the new person.
2: I, would it work best? Yes. Anytime you can build a relationship, it will always work best. Realistically, you're probably going to have to break down some walls in order to get to that position. So the way that I would do it is I would, I would... Depending again on the mentality of the leader, like if in my mind I have a leader who is fairly rigid, has a certain way of doing things, does not want to receive feedback themselves, right? You're going to approach that very differently than somebody who's come up to you and say, "I hope you can come and talk to me whenever you think that there's areas I can improve."
1: Let's say if Michael is that new person, um, Mm -hmm. but he wants the the feedback but he can't really come in and say what I would normally say to you since we were built that report. What sort of questions do you think he should ask?
0: Yeah, like kind of to build the relationship, I guess.
1: <clears throat> because, of, for example, let's say right now, my boss and yeah. I, we built that report, right? I could just go yeah. and say, I did this project. Is there anything that you saw that I need to complete or is it finished? That's sort of mm-hmm. on, you know, like the wreck. To, to it compared sure. to I guess six months ago or even eight mm. months ago when I first joined, I started coming in with a list of questions saying, "Oh, is this the right way? How do you want to do it? Or am I doing this wrong? Things like that." Right,
2: right. So, um, so in in the sense of this, I would have to say that you're gonna probably want to start to get the leader's trust. Being in the other position. And the way of doing that is to, well, twofold, is one, you wanna make sure that you're asking the right questions. And if it's not to go to the leader, well, let's see if I can ask somebody else because the leader probably has enough on their plate that they don't need to know how do I, how do I turn on the computer, right? (laughs) (laughs) Which some people will ask and there's nothing wrong with it, but maybe not asking the leader, right? Uh, instead of going doing that, maybe, um, is there is there anything I can do to make your job
1: easier? You know, that's one of the questions that I asked when I first had that interview with, uh, not interview, mm-hmm. but that one on one with my boss. I mm-hmm. told him, I'm here to help you get as much thing off your plate as possible. Exactly. What do you need? Or if you need anything, <laughs> just let me know. I, that's just, right. I came straight forward. I, I felt that courage. But at the end, afterwards, I was like, I just asked that question.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but what was what was their response?
1: He was over say, like, Oh yeah. So if I need anything, I will let you know. Um, thank you for mm-hmm. thinking about that, that. that sort of thing. So I I felt like I built some sort of rapport when I first came in, mm-hmm. and for it just came out from no, for no reason. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I just asked that question. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a time and purpose for everything, and you were meant to ask it at that moment. So if if I were in Michael's position and I would be trying to understand the relationship that, say, you and I have, and I can see the relationship that you and I have, um, if I were in Michael's position, I would go up to you first and say, how do I build that relationship? Like, you've already obviously got there. How do I do that? And see what little things you did to break down those walls with the leader.
1: Okay. Now, let's say if I'm not there and it's just you and Michael
2: yep then I would have a sit down conversation. Hey, I just wanna do you mind if we sit down for just a few minutes? Uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you're busy. I would just love to know kind of where things sit, and I would like to just have a candid conversation and just be upfront and honest about it,
1: okay, like kind of build that rapport from the start without a question yeah
2: and and it's it's weird because I think a lot of people don't want to have that awkward kind of deep conversation mm. yeah but when you have that connect you know that you know that conversation you have but when by the end you're like man we really connected there
1: yeah
2: yeah that's the kind of connection you're looking for
1: and then there are some where you get out you're like oh what just happened
2: exactly. <laughs> like, oh, what? you're like i feel really good after that one
1: how did i do that <laughs> Yeah. And then there's also one where you come out and you're like, oh, there's a bunch of stuff I didn't do. He's gonna get so mad at me and you start That's thinking about right. this random stuff.
2: That's right. Well, and as a trainer, as a speaker, you tend to say what's on your mind, and then you say it, you're like, Did I just really say that? Yeah, right. <laughs> or you'll have a conversation like this and you'll stumble over your words. And it's like, there, right? and you're just going <laughs> to play it off. Oh, sorry. My tongue is not working right now. Right. And you keep going with it. It's the same kind of situation where you're just kind of like, wait, what did I just step into? What just happened there? <laughs> same idea. You just got to put, not play it off, but you just kind of take a second to, okay, huh, yeah. I just did that. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But before, if it's, if it's a Monday meeting with a, I have with my, um, my, one of my teammates, I would, mm-hmm. and if I kind of, Step over my words, I would just say it's a Monday. Sorry guys, tongue's exactly. not working. <laughs> yep.
2: Yep. Or if it was a Wednesday, I haven't had my coffee. Or if it's a Friday, it's a Friday. <laughs>
1: it's a Friday, everyone's understandable. <laughs> right. Yeah,
2: right. Yeah. I'm already on the weekend. So <laughs> I'm already clapped
1: out. Sorry, guys. Right?
2: <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. And the more you can play it off and know that everybody makes mistakes.
1: Yeah. Right. And going down to that too. Sometimes we just call ourselves too. I wouldn't say too high, but kind of like, oh, I shouldn't make this mistakes. I shouldn't acknowledge my mistakes. Things like that, mm-hmm. like that, kind of gives us a constraint in a way Agreed. building the rapport.
0: Agreed. Oh yeah, for yep. sure. And I feel like a lot of um, like what you guys have mentioned so far is just getting out of your comfort zone, uh, to like mm-hmm. build that uh, relationship and to like build that trust. Yeah. You. Yeah. yeah. Take the initiative, I guess. <laughs>
2: So so there's a saying that I I thought of, and I don't know if I'm the one that came up with it. So if somebody n- hearing this or watching this knows the origin, please, please feel free to reach out to me and let me know. But there was a saying that came to my head. And until otherwise, I'm 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 taking credit, even though I don't think it was me that came up with it. But I keep going in my head, my comfort zone used to be outside my comfort zone.
0: Wow. I, I've actually I've never heard that before, actually. This might be original. <laughs> Scott going original, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: That might be too, because I haven't heard of it either.
0: No, yeah.
2: no, and I don't know where I got it from. I just it came to me one day. I was like, "Huh, that makes a lot of sense." Wow.
1: Yeah. But down the road, if we do see that that quote, it has Scott next to it. It comes from right here. Okay.
2: Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I brought it to you
0: guys first.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's a really nice, that's a nice phrase though. If you think about yeah.
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, it's so accurate too. Like with anything like sports or like academics mm-hmm. or like work. Um, like if you really think about it, it's so true. Like especially mm-hmm. like for stuff like if you think about it like weightlifting, for example, like mm-hmm. what, what you consider comfortable now is obviously what was hard for you before. So
2: absolutely. That's a good analogy. Yep. Yeah. yep. Or getting up and speaking in front of people. True. Is I'm outside of a lot at. of people's comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. What's that?
1: Don't get me started on that.
2: No? Okay. <laughs> I've had
1: too many bad experiences. with <laughs> well, it's just most, guys,
2: I... most guys wouldn't start a podcast though, right? Because yeah. they're afraid of what people would think about it when really, if you think about the purpose of this podcast, it's to help people get information that they wouldn't get elsewhere by people who are in that role.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and also just love connecting with people and talking to them too about their experience. And just like I mentioned before, it's just kind of that thing where I wish I had when I was Mm -hmm. younger Mm -hmm. rather than a whole million of 2,000 results. That's right.
2: That's right. So so what I love about this podcast and what you guys are doing here is because you haven't found something that you'd be looking for, you created it.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly the way.
2: Right? And a lot of people would be like, I could never start a podcast.
1: <laughs> you know, there's, there's the quote ones. That I think you guys have heard this too. It's like the best time I start was yesterday. So. No, I haven't I, heard
2: that. Well, that one's good too.
1: Yeah. It's not for me. I, I heard it's almost <laughs> it's okay. not for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, when we first started, wanted to start this podcast, we were planning mm. and we we're planning and planning and planning. And then all of a sudden I just said, let's just start with one just, thing and yep. just run with it. Because if mm-hmm. we continue to plan, it's just gonna start planning and not executing.
2: Well, yeah. Not only will it be perfect ever, but
0: my question is what is perfect? Right. 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 And no one really has that like perfect idea, ironically, of like what perfect is either. No. <laughs> it's no. just kind of like an ideal, but like yeah, you never really reach it. So <laughs>
2: Exactly. Exactly. And and how do you know you've reached it? Like what is perfect? Exactly.
0: <laughs> Because, like, what you considered, like, a goal is now your comfort zone, like, the more you get into it. And then you Mm -hmm. want more, so. You just set a new goal, right? A goal
2: is something you're always chasing. Once you reach that goal, you set another goal.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And kind of going off topic, there's a podcast with these two guys I saw on TikTok. And in the description, like, we're a podcast where you tell us to do everything. And I'm in my mind. I could not start that podcast. I would not know <laughs> what to do. <laughs> but those guys are, you know, they have I think about two million views of followers. Wow, on so good for them. They're doing something right. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's in their niches. They know how to do it. But as for me, if I were to down go that route, I would have no clue what nope. to start.
2: <laughs> yeah. Nope. Nope. It's uh, and that's their talent. That's their gift.
1: Yeah, and awesome. I guess. To, to circle back to this receiving the mm-hmm. feedback, what if you disagree on the feedback? How would you approach that?
2: Good question. Um, I, normally, I find that people default to some sort of anger or resentment because they look at it as a form of criticism. So if you're receiving that feedback, the first thing I would do is, first of all, check with yourself. How are you responding to the feedback? Because I, I mean, I'll get feedback too. And it's just like oh fine what 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 no that's not right so then what i've had to learn to do and what i hope others will will take from this is what is their purpose in giving you that feedback so this is where i would ask leading questions to be like oh uh why tell me more i'm curious Where, where was the impact from this and go down a road where a lot of people don't normally want to go because they feel like they're arguing. And it's not a matter of arguing, it's a matter of understanding, this is an area of development and I really care about my development. Can I ask you some questions? And then figure out the why behind it. Where's it going a
1: good from? Part. That's a yep. good point. Yep. And I think I had this uh, discussion with, with my current boss right now where mm. I think he, either got this somewhere or he came up with it where he says the problem the conversation or like the um, the thing the issues is about the the problem not about the person. Exactly. So if exactly. you just focus on the problem you're not going to attack them you're not going to attack the person you just try to two people try to solve one problem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I yeah. think that's that's the best approach of thinking it too.
2: That's, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's This is why I struggle with the, and this is a completely different podcast and not an angle we need to go down, but this is where I struggle with the way people are are brought up in our current education system is, and, and this quote really rang home with me, is in school, they teach you a lesson, they give you a test. But in life, they give you a test that teaches you a lesson. Agreed. When I heard that, I was like, are you, yes.
1: <laughs> yes. It seems like it's a total opposite.
2: It, it is. It's, it's exactly opposite. And yet this is the way we're brought up to learn. But this is where it goes back to feedback is you were given a test in life. you I don't want to use the word failed, but failure is a part of success, right? And you cannot succeed without learning the bumps and bruises. You can't make all the mistakes everybody else made, which is why having somebody there to, to guide you. Is huge because they've already made the mistakes. Like Take this example. If I can influence even one person to change the way they give and receive feedback, to me, that's a win because you've learned from my mistakes.
1: Mm.
2: Everything that I'm telling you, I've done or seen others do. So I'm hoping they can take this advice and actually move it and, and take it on as part of their role. And if I can help, that's what I'm here for. Right. So, any way that some you you can actually take something that has gone wrong and flip it and take it as a learning lesson and move forward with it is huge.
1: Mm. Yeah, good point. Mm. Good point. Mm. And going to um going back to the disagreeing with the feedback. Let's say mm. let's say you're my boss, right? And mm. there's a project that I did within that project. There's a task, but that task. I didn't do wrong, someone else did wrong, but then okay. you came back and you pointed out that task. How would I, would, would I be honest about it? Kind of saying, I didn't do that. Probably there was a miscommunication or, or things like that, <clears throat> rather than coming back as in being self-defensive. I guess, let, let me give you an example. You yeah, give I me need a task. Okay, so you give me a task or a project. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then within that project, I would have to coordinate with Michael to Mm. get something. Mm. But then the project got delayed because Michael didn't send me that specific thing. right? And so after the project and you and I have a conversation, you said, I noticed that this project was delayed. You you should have gotten this sooner or like Mm -hmm. things like that. But then would I, one, be honest with you about it, saying Michael's the one that didn't give me it. I was waiting for him. That's why the project was late. Or would I be self-defensive and say, whoa, 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 this is not my
2: fault. Mm. You know what I mean? I always, I always believe that honesty is the best policy. Because I, as a think of it this way, as a leader, I don't know how to move forward unless I have all the facts. So if I'm moving forward with a fact that isn't true, then I'm just going to keep going down a, a bad rabbit hole. However, if I know that it's just being delayed because Michael came through some technical issues or whatever and couldn't get you the material, then maybe it's a matter of me looking at it as a leader and saying, "How can I improve that process? What could we do?" But like, there's something that I can take away from it, and there's something that I can help you take away from it. But if I don't know exactly what is what is wrong, I can't fix it. So I always believe that honesty is is the best way to go. Although it is tough because the truth hurts,
1: and, and I think sometimes we're shy from seeking the truth because yeah. truth hurts. Oh, and Absolutely. you can cut again. Like, Oh, come on now. It's just a webcam, um, but are you good? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sounds good. Nice. <clears throat> and so for, I guess, receiving feedback, not only does subordinates should receive feedback, but what if the leaders needs the feedback? How would they ask for feedback from subordinates? or even from their team members?
2: Oh, this is, well, see, and, and I just want to pause for a second because I think this is one of the biggest gaps in leadership is not receiving the feedback. I think a lot of people think, well, because I have a title, you all work for me. When really, if you think about it, and and I can send you guys a picture of the drawing if you want.
1: Oh sure. Yes, although please.
2: although I should probably make it look more professional, but I look at <laughs> the structure as a pyramid where you have the president at the very top, you have middle management, then the frontline. And a lot of people have the mentality of because I'm middle management or because I'm the president's CEO, you all work under me. What I would rather do is one of two things, either take that pyramid and flip it upside down so that the front line's at the top, then middle management, then the president, which means I am there to work for you. I am there to make sure your job is easy because if your job is easy, then you're going to do what I need you to do so that my job is easy, right? Or what I like even better is if you think of everybody in a circle where there's no levels, we're all in the same group. So it doesn't matter whether I'm the president or not, middle management or not, we're all on the same page. So you can come to me the same way you would go to a fellow colleague. So when it comes to receiving feedback, I think it's a mind shift for a lot of leaders. I think we have to start there to not only hear the feedback, but to also accept it.
1: I think that also goes back to your point, where if they don't get the right feedback, they can't improve their organization. Exactly right. Yep.
2: Yep. And and I mean, numbers are one thing, and numbers are important. Numbers aren't everything. Yeah. Right. Before. And unfortunately, you'll get a lot of analysts that will actually go through and look all the at all the numbers, and make decisions based off of that. But there's so many outside factors that influence those numbers that you're not getting an accurate reading. And then the people who are doing the job every day come back and go, why are we even doing this? This makes no sense. And that's where you get the disconnect between the people who make the decisions and the people who have to follow those decisions as opposed to including those who do the job to help the decision-making to be like, how would you guys like to see this work
0: better? Which in a way is a sense of feedback.
1: Yeah. I guess like the, the higher you are in the chain, uh-huh. the less of hands-on experience you will see. So that way you can't really improve the organization. But you have to get the feedback from your frontline workers because they're the one that's doing the job.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And why not go to the source? Yeah. How can I make your job better? Well, the technology is slow. Oh, maybe I can do something to make that better again as a leader i'm working for you you're not working for me i'm working for you mm-hmm. or even better we're working for each other
1: kind of like that different mind that the, really mindset shift
2: mm-hmm. when you
1: are frontline workers and all of a sudden you get into that leadership position it just mm-hmm. automatically switched
2: mm-hmm. absolutely which is why a lot of people who are very successful in a certain area that get put into a leadership role struggle because they know how to do the job well, but they don't know how to lead the people
1: well. Yeah.
2: So it's it's all about the end. like As a leader, I would say, what's your end purpose? What's your end goal? Do you want to improve or do you just want to rule with an iron fist?
1: Yeah. And sometimes doing that also freed up your time and then you can focus more on something else as well.
0: Absolutely
2: we should almost work ourselves out of a job.
1: Mm. Doesn't that sound weird though? It does. Yeah.
2: What are your thoughts on it, Mike? When I say that, what What are your thoughts on it? When If I say as a leader,
0: I should work myself out of a job. It sounds weird, but it makes sense. Like, I understand what you're trying to say. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like you should do a good job, but you should like want others to succeed as well to like, You know, like you said, have that circle type relationship, Mm -hmm. not just like a pyramid. And I was actually just wondering, like, what would be your advice to like people in leadership roles in terms of like how they can better connect with um, people like who are different levels on their teams, like to actually like be relatable and like have that relationship while also like building trust.
2: Get to know them outside of work. It's not like you got to go for drinks with them, but if you were to sit down with them with a cup of coffee and have just an honest conversation and be like, Oh, are you from here? What, where, where did you work previously? And not as a leader, not as a leader employee kind of situation, but just as a person to person, how many kids do you have? Do you have any dogs, any cats, what's going on? Right. And get to know them outside. And then when you come back the next day and say, Oh, I remember you saying that you were having some, some trouble with your child, is everything okay? And they didn't have to bring it to you. That's how you're going to start the connection.
0: Got it. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times um, people have this like stereotype of like leadership, like how it's portrayed on TV, like in the Simpsons, like you have Mr. Burns and his like little (laughs) cats. And there's like Homer Simpson and everyone else looking. It's like, that's
2: right. That's right. But, and, and, and what, what gets me is, how many people would not even say hello to somebody when they're walking by? Yeah. You know, even, even even a cleaner, right? And and I give a lot of respect to cleaners because they're doing a job that not a lot of people want. And whether they want it or not as well, that's a different story. But when they're doing a job that you don't want, but you don't even recognize them like that, that's that's a problem.
1: Yeah, I that's that's the uh, I think that's where I kind of draw the line as well. As in, they're the one that's basically holding the organization to pieces, type of thing. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. And so,
1: and so yeah, you no. Know, everywhere I work, I always try to say hello, get to know the person's name. Even absolutely. if this is going to sound maybe sound so bad. Even if they're at the bottom of of the level, let mm-hmm. say the cleaners. Let's say they're your mm-hmm. janitors. You gotta know their name too, because you might not you might not know right they're people as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're
2: people. So and, and they're doing a job that I I can tell you right now I don't want to do. So why wouldn't I give it give them the two seconds to be like, How are you doing today?
1: Yeah.
0: How are things in your world? Is there anything I could do to help you? Yeah. Imagine if somebody came up to you and said that. <laughs> Is there anything I could do
2: to help you? uh no
1: <laughs> <laughs> thanks for asking <laughs>
2: uh, i'll let you know
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> wouldn't that have come across very differently
1: yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean we were just have a, a conversation i think with our last um guess. I think her name was Kalina. She she was basically, you know, she was deaf at a young age and then she had to relearn. Mm. And one of the questions we asked her was how would you feel? How would someone in your kind of situation feel if someone just walked up to you and say, hey, or if someone just kind of walked up to you and asked if you need anything. She said mm. she will welcome it because most of us mm. don't feel like we should or we mm. need to go up and ask them uh-huh. because we might think that they don't want us to that type of uh-huh. thing, uh-huh. so it's just one of the ways that I just felt connected with that, and it's like in sure. my current workplace there's a guy he i uh, think he has some um mental disabilities, but uh-huh. he's he's did a he's doing a great job uh-huh. with with everything uh-huh. he's been keeping the office clean. And so I try to get his name, but of course he doesn't talk a lot. So I sure. I learn how he wants to communicate. Uh-huh. And That's now huge. we have yeah, we have some sort of communication uh, uh-huh. approach now. And every time we see, him, like, "Hey, his name is Ryan." So I was like, "Hey," and he's like, "Hey, how's it going?" <laughs> the metal you, also help.
2: You're 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 doing something that most people wouldn't even think of. Mm. Unfortunately, right? Yeah. And this is where I think things need to change. Is to be like okay. Regardless of what your role is, we're all people, right? Just treating each other like people,
1: right? Yeah, that's yeah. a good, yeah, that's a good approach. Mm-hmm. And so we we've been discussing a lot about receiving p- feedback, and now going to how we should give feedback. Yes. If we were to give negative feedback, is there a right and wrong way? And can you elaborate on them?
2: There was one method that was very popular. I, I heard it was in the 90s, although I'm not as Familiar with it then? I'm going to say early 2000s called the sandwich method. I don't know if you've heard that. Um, Some people call it the shit sandwich oh, method. Okay. Uh, but it's basically where you would start with positive, then you give the area of improvement, and then you give a positive. So it's like positive, negative, positive. And uh, it does serve a good purpose. Here's why I tend to think that it's not the best method is because anything people remember or most people that remember anything and not just feedback, but anything is usually at the beginning and the end. And the best way I can translate this is think of of somebody on an airplane. As long as the takeoff and landing are smooth. Hey, how was your flight? You know, it's actually pretty smooth. It's actually pretty good. It could be bumpy the entire flight. The seatbelt sign is on the entire duration of the flight. But the takeoff and the landing, yeah, you know what? It was actually pretty pretty good. But if you flip the rolls and the flight was smooth, but the landing was a little rough, oh, man, I can't believe we made it. Right? <laughs> I can't believe that after a landing like that, what a rough flight. Because people remember what happens at the beginning, at the end. Unless something, there's something in the middle dramatic that really stands out, people don't usually remember what happens there. So, if you think of the overall purpose of giving feedback is to change behavior, it's to change a result. The best way that I've come to do it is, and and again, this is after having that conversation. I just want to take a sidebar here and having that conversation, saying, anytime I come to you with an awkward conversation, and anytime you come to me with an awkward conversation, it's because we want to help each other's development. So, after that conversation has been had. Now, if I have that conversation, I'm going to start by saying, "I just want you to know what you're what you're doing is awesome, and here's are some areas that I think that you can improve." I don't know if you got my wording in there.
1: I got it. I think there's a method that's similar to yours. I think I heard it somewhere else, but I'm going to let like you continue and see if, if I'm thinking mm-hmm. the same thing.
0: Okay. Yeah. So it's. I mean. I like how it's direct, but it's like constructive um, Mm -hmm. So where like someone would appreciate receiving it, Um, but they're also able to learn and uh, and improve on what they need to improve on. Yeah, but there was one word in there I switched.
2: I don't know if you guys got it.
1: Yeah, I think Michael Michael said it. Um, He said and I think.
2: And yeah, exactly. Because when we use the word like but or however, it totally negates everything we just said. You're looking great, but I really think you right. And it's like, well, right. I'm not thinking about the fact that I'm looking <laughs> great.
0: <laughs>
2: but and if you say you're doing a really, really good job, and I think there's some areas where we can make you even better. Here's the way. Here's what I see, and I would really love to know your thoughts. Right. So you're you're taking a positive, adding on to it, so that you can make them even better, and then leave it as that. Don't look and say, but remember, you're doing awesome. Like, don't follow up with that. Where you want to follow up is say, okay, let's set a time in x amount of weeks or days or whatever time works for you, and let's have a follow up conversation to see how you're feeling about these these adjustments. And that follow up is huge, but don't do it in the same meeting. Let them have some time to actually focus on it, work on it, and improve it, and then bring it back up. And that's where you say you know what, here's what I've noticed you do and here's the impact from the improvement or decline. Right. So there is, a, there is a feedback, but you almost have to give them that time to actually work on it.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, the one word can make a difference. And I think I've read this somewhere where it's either Apple or some of the well-known companies, they are teaching their employees to use the word as it turns out rather than the word but. So let's say you come in <laughs> and you have your phone, you need your phone fixed, right? And they yeah. can't fix it. Rather than saying, oh, we can't fix your phone, but. And then rather than that, they ha- they can say, "We can't fix your phone. As it turns out, you're able no. to get this, 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 and this. Yeah. So it might not work in the same situation, but it's that mindset shift where, oh, my phone's not working, but then I can get something else. mm so I
2: think that's interesting.
1: Yeah. The word change really have that mindset yeah. shift. Yeah. If you said, but you can do this and this, you're already saying, no, I want my phone fixed. That's it.
2: Yeah. Oh, and you go right on the defensive right on the defense. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. In fact, I, I listened to a book a couple of times already recently and I highly recommend it for anybody who reads or listens to audiobooks. and I'm not, I don't make any money off this, but it's um, never split the difference, Is it, and okay. it's by Chris Voss. and he. Oh no, no I read that
1: book too. Have you?
2: Oh, so good. I've read. I've listened to it a couple times because it's just, and I watched a bunch of the videos online because what he says. So, for those who haven't read it, he was a hostage negotiator for the FBI for 24 years, I believe, lead hostage negotiator for 14 of those 24, mm-hmm. and he takes his hostage negotiation skills into business and the one thing that really gets me there's a lot of it that gets me but the one thing that i actually started using in my day-to-day lingo was switching from yes oriented questions to no oriented questions mm. and the example and i'm not going to steal his thunder because he explains it a lot better than i do but instead of saying um is now uh, do you have a few minutes to talk is one example where he could say well yes most people would be like You're looking for that yes answer. Most people would be like, Well, no, how long is a few minutes? And like he says it, and if I do have a few minutes, do I want to talk to you? What do you want to talk about? Right. So there's all this going in their mind. But the way he says it is if you refer to it as a no oriented question where you're looking for a no, people feel like they're protecting themselves. So instead of, Do you have a few minutes to talk? What I started doing is now a bad time to talk because switching those words. If somebody says no, then they're in control. No, I can talk for a few minutes. Okay, perfect. Perfect. I just want to have a quick conversation. Or if they say, yeah, it actually is a bad time to talk, they'll usually follow it up themselves by saying, but I can talk on, on this date at this time.
0: Hmm. So I've practiced this. It works really, really well. <laughs> wow. So it That's is kind of like a, re- a reverse psychology type it is. method. It
1: is. Yep. My to, you... uh, that's my arsenal
2: yeah oh it's so good so good and even if it, like and the reason I started listening to it because I'm looking down more of a sales road and so if you're a salesperson this is absolutely the book that has changed my world and I started tweaking a couple different things I'll tell you this I have never stayed on the phone more than just tweaking that one sentence
0: okay. it's
2: such a game changer there's nothing to do with leadership or feedback but it's such a game changer.
1: Right. Yeah, it's it's that mindset shift too everyone wants mm-hmm. to be feel in control
2: that's it that's yeah. it that's the way the brain's designed so yeah excellent
1: yeah and so like when you're giving feedback as um, as a team lead or a leader mm-hmm. uh, should you use cushions if that makes any what? sense
2: what do you mean by cushions i'm not sure so i understand
1: that- Let's say if there's a feedback that you need to give that may be harsh or mm-hmm. things like that, mm-hmm. should you cushion your way into that feedback, or should you directly go to it?
2: Well, I wish there was a, a clear answer on this, but it's kind of there's some deciding factors that would an, that would give me an answer to this. The first one is trying to identify what kind of personality trait they have. Because mm-hmm. again, if they're shy and you got right into it, they're gonna oh, start yeah. like start crying, right? What I have to, found to be the most successful is if you say, Okay, here's the scenario, and you play it out, in what ways could we have maybe done things a little bit differently to get a different result? Mm-hmm. So you're not necessarily giving them the feedback, you're looking for their input on what they can do differently to improve the situation
0: got it so it, it's kind of like you're still getting your point across but you're allowing them to like have the control in your hand in like some respect or or in their hands in some respects so they feel like they're still like in control kind of
2: yes uh, yeah and it's more comfortable it's more comfortable and yeah. if somebody's coming up with a solution they're more likely to Follow through with it. Yeah. It was their decision. Yeah. Then if you come in and say, those are really good points, here's what I would like to add.
0: Yeah.
2: Because I've I've heard your opinion. I've heard what you would like to add. All great points. I think we can really implement that. Here's what I think would help as well. Okay, yeah, I'd love to hear how you can know.
1: help. Wow. So rather than quote-unquote <clears throat> quote, using cushions, rephrase, the, your approach type of thing
2: questions all questions got it it's a powerful thing and notice i didn't notice they were open-ended notice i the question i asked wasn't yes or no yeah i said in what ways could you see us improve because it's who what where when or why
0: yeah and and the one thing I, re- I really liked about your questions is like they still allow the person to have some sort of control at least in their minds so like they don't get like defensive or like you know like it doesn't feel like intimidating. It's more like it's more like a discussion between like two like teammates. You know, like, exactly. hey, what did we do? Because that's what we are. Exactly, exactly what we are. I love that. That's good. That's so good. Yeah.
1: When we have that conversation between like a manager versus a leader, um, when it, and it also comes to who your team members are, how mm. big of a factor, how big of a role does emotional intelligence play?
2: Oh, critical. Critical, and a lot of people don't even know about emotional intelligence. In fact, if you ever listen or read the book, um, well, it's a sequel, but it's um, it's the eighth habit. It's right after the seventh habit of highly effective people. Seven Sean thousands. Covey, yeah, yeah, Stephen Covey, right? Oh, yeah. He wrote the, he wrote the next one. Uh, it's called the Eighth Habit, and what he talks about, and he gives kind of a spectrum. He talks about IQ, which is intelligence uh pq which is physical ability or physical intelligence spiritual intelligence and emotional intelligence so he breaks it down into four quadrants and each one of them play a point it's a really really good book i highly recommend
0: it yeah many many years ago uh, i forgot where it was but i went to like this one event um i think it was hosted by the covey family or something but um, okay nice. yeah it was like centered around like the seven habits um so oh, so good yeah. so good that book is yeah. amazing yeah especially it really order. yeah
2: yeah yeah i recommend listening to the seventh habit the seven habits before you listen to the eighth but it's not necessary you, you'll still get so much out of the eighth but he does refer to the seventh habits a couple times in that book so mm-hmm. yeah really
0: i awesome. mean it's all
2: good stuff it's all good information let's
0: be honest yeah i would yeah, highly recommend course. the seven habits and i'm sure the eighth habit is just as good too
2: but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what I like about the the eighth habit, especially, is he breaks it down into three parts. Um, and I'm going to get this wrong, but it's something like find your voice, inspire others to find theirs and then use their voice or something like that. I, and, and that's not 100%. Please don't quote me on that. But it's really interesting to see the transition of saying, OK, well, first of all, find your voice, help your team find their voice and then use it. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Oh.
2: Yeah, it's a really, really good book. So good.
0: I know no, it's kind of unrelated, but I've always liked to say
2: "begin with the end in mind." <laughs> it, it's you know what? I wish I did that more. To be honest, me too. <laughs> yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah, Where where do I see this going? And then build a plan backwards to to get to where I need to be. Yeah, I'm really, really. I'm not going to say bad at that, but I really need to do that more. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my feedback for myself: is I need to do that more. <laughs>
0: yeah so
1: and and when it comes to like um emotional intelligence and leaders and managers how would a introvert leaders look like compared to or act like compared to an extrovert leaders or do you see any difference?
0: uh
2: well it it would look different i i think it really depends on personality honestly like as an introvert, uh, you're usually recharging your internal battery by just kind of doing your own thing, being by yourself, whether it's reading a book. So as an introvert leader, you just have to make sure that you're taking that time for you. Because okay. if you don't take care of you, you won't take care of your team. If your battery is that low or drained, it's going to show. So make mm-hmm. sure you take that time. Now, as an extrovert leader, most people tend to get energized around a group. So they're influencing or 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 mixing with their group, maybe the thing that's actually bumping up their their battery. So, okay, yeah, yeah.
1: So, so, would it work the same way? So, let's say I'm an introvert leader, but on mm-hmm. my team there's an extrovert uh, teammate or mm-hmm. or someone I work with. Mm-hmm. How would how would I approach it? Or how would I tell that person saying, hey, this is when I can, I'm available. Or do, I, or do I go down that route saying, this is when I'm available? Because they, as an extrovert, extrovert, they want that, maybe they want the instant feedback or they want mm. that constant feedback. But yet for me as an introvert mm. leader, I I need my time to recharge. That's
2: a good question.
1: And also comp- uh, vice versa with an extrovert mm-hmm. leader and introvert teammates
2: yeah yeah and and in this case timing is everything so if you see somebody who is an introvert or an extrovert, and you're an introvert just be very clear that there's going to be times when it's not a good time to talk because you won't be in a position to answer it the way that they want the answers and so if they say and and i again we're kind of setting this standard right from the get-go it's not because i'm pushing you away because i don't like you i don't want to answer your question it's because if i gave you the answer right now it wouldn't be the answer that I think I can give you to, to give the full potential. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense, but, um, and then in the reverse, if you're the extrovert leader and you see an introvert on your team, that's where we have to be aware of saying, okay, is now a good time for this person to talk? Mm. And if not, when is a good time? Cause as an extrovert, like I said, you usually connect when you, when you're with people. So if that's going to charge your battery then that's awesome for you but is it going to work for them
1: is mm-hmm. it's
2: going to drain theirs
1: so kind of going all the way back to empathy when we talked mm-hmm. before right
2: absolutely yeah and understanding where you are understanding where you where your teammate is
1: awesome yeah and okay and so I guess moving to, to our last topics here because we're, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, we're having so much conversation, a good conversation. We didn't even bother. Look at the time.
2: <laughs> time. is it?
1: It's about nine o'clock here. So it's about oh, an wow. hour and a oh,
2: half. Oh, wow. Oh, geez. <laughs> I know. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So,
1: so to respect everyone's time, I just want to close mm-hmm. this and say, what kind of questions do you wish someone would ask you as a, as a coach?
2: Uh, what is the best way that I can develop? Because as a coach, that's really what, That's really what my goal is, is to help you develop as a person and overall the team to develop as a group. So if you came up to me and you showed that emphasis of being like, I really want to improve, how do I do it? I want to have, I want to sit down with you and I want to walk out and basically see like, okay, where do you see yourself going with it? How do you work it? And then like Michael said, figure out an end goal and work your way backwards. Right? Which again, I wish I did more. So. It, it's really as a coach it's like okay well what where do you want to go with it what's your end goal
1: and what would be your pet peeve or one of your pet peeves
2: hmm. when it comes to leadership it would basically be where i as a leader i'm asking you to do something but i'm not doing it myself so
1: not being too hypocritical
2: well, and, and it could be even just look at the way, like, let's say you're the leader of somebody who has to wear a uniform, right? But you're not dressed properly. It's like, well, how can I, how can you enforce it if you're not living by those standards? Or if you close at a certain time or there's a certain rule or procedure that's put into place and your team is, like, fighting tooth or nail to follow the procedure. And they're like, I want to talk to your manager. And you come out of nowhere and be like, you know what? I got this. I can do it, whatever. And you totally undermine what they've done.
1: Mm-hmm. That drives me crazy. <laughs> Happens all the time in retail.
2: It really does. All over the place. And and the way that I've always thought about it is you as the front line, let's say, due to a lack of a better term, are doing what I need you to do. So who am I to come out of nowhere and totally be like, oh, not just because I'm I'm the manager. I can bypass exactly what I'm looking for.
1: Yeah. It doesn't yeah, make yeah. sense. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's probably my biggest. be
1: crazy. <laughs> it does too. Cause I, I work in retail. Then even though I'm not the assistant manager or the manager, I kind of look out if they're not there, I'm the next in line. So basically when someone asks, Hey, can you come over and things like that? I'll just go over and kind of walk them through rather than saying, step aside, let me do this.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Teach them. And, uh,
1: yeah, and also do you're doing it in front of the customers, which is also a bad impression on you too, yeah and on them. It just doesn't make them. sense.
2: No, no, and it happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. And
1: I guess one last question is what sure. What are your were your lessons learned as a leader or throughout your leadership skills? Your lessons learned,
0: or just anything you've learned that you feel like would be like valuable to share?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, A lot of it is is basically what I've learned here, but I think the biggest thing to take away is a leader actually works for the team. The team doesn't work for the leader. I would say that's the biggest takeaway. And if you're able to create that relationship, those awkward conversations aren't as awkward. Still going to be a little bit, not as awkward.
1: Can you repeat that last part again?
2: Yeah, if you're able to build those relationships. With your mm. team, those awkward conversations aren't as awkward.
1: Okay, yeah, because I got cut off of mine a little bit, but thank you uh, so much <laughs> you. for repeating. Yeah, no
2: Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely.
1: Yeah, so to respect everyone's time, um, thank you so much, Scott, for coming in and and having the time was and sharing your experience as a leader as a leadership. And so hopefully, people that are listening can take away some of the, the key points mm-hmm. that you've that you have shared with us. And I just want to say thank you again, and thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, if you have any questions for Scott, feel free to reach out to him or reach out to us. We'll direct you to him as well, mm-hmm. and I'm sure he's more than happy to answer any questions that you have. Absolutely. And so yeah, Absolutely. with that, so with that in mind, thank you all for tuning in to the Academy of Tomorrow podcast, and we'll see you at the next episode. Bye, guys. Yeah.